The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Do you find it getting harder to be a Christian in today's culture? Andy McQuitty helps you face the giants that are looming over us. The question that I'm asking in this sea change in our culture, being a Christian and a Christ follower in post-Christendom America, what do we need more than anything else? We need bravery. We need courage, which is the hallmark of our elder brothers and sisters in the faith through 2,100 years of church history. Next. I'm thrilled to uh, welcome you. You know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, well, I'm excited about my guest, Andy McQuitty. Uh, I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to life today. Andy is a friend. He's a pastor of Irving Bible Church more than 30 years. He, uh, about 10 years ago, I called a group of leaders together, probably about as visible a leaders, church leaders, as there are in the country. And, uh, we really began to seek the Lord for God to do something to begin to heal our nation because it was obvious we were headed in the wrong direction. And Andy stepped up to encourage me. Uh, he got me to read a book that we still hold these truths. It was great. It's a great book. But he just, he prayed for me. And uh, our daughter battled cancer while he battled cancer. And he prayed for our daughter Robin the whole time he was battling. And uh, our daughter won in heaven, and he won here for now. But we've kind of walked some things out together. So to say that there's a, a bond of love and understanding uh, would almost sound like an understatement. I love Andy McQuitty. I love Irving Bible Church. Um, I love all our friends from Dallas Theological, Tony Evans being one of them, many of them. Bruce Wilkerson's been here, so many and have done so much to impact people's lives. Praise God for him. Swimble, on and on we go. I'm glad he's here. I'm really excited about it. Would you welcome Andy McQuitty? Why did you get, why did you seem to get involved with, with what was going on in my heart 10 years ago? Is that the Irish blood coming out? What was I it? I think it is we are brothers in our Celtic heritage. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's part of it. I think part of it is that we're kindred spirits in terms of our love for this country and our love for God and our love for people. And I have always seen you, you have always been my leader in showing love. You know, uh, I, I hope I'm not giving away a secret about James Robinson tonight because you're, you're known for your amazing, powerful preaching of the truth and so forth. What, what I know you for and other pastors around the country is your servanthood and your love for us and, and, and your love for people. Um, I, I hope I didn't just destroy your image there, <laughs> but you, you, you are the most loving person. And I, you know, I feel the same way. I've, I felt the same way that you felt about our country, about God, about the church, about people. And so, man, when, when, when I got a chance to be around you and had that rub off on me, then I just wanted to, I just wanted to pray for you. 
and to hold you up to. But we really walked the battle with you when you were fighting for your life and you were fighting for your life and helping fight for our daughter's life with us and I know the love there. Yeah. And so you're just real special to me, Andy, and I want you just to continue to uh, lift up Jesus and know that we love you and you know you've been a real blessing yeah. to us in your heart of many. Okay, the way to brave. Shaping a David faith for today's Goliath world. You said to me just privately, this is not about the David and Goliath battle, but it's about the David of that battle and what went on inside of him. So what do you want us yeah. to get? You, yeah. you love your church. You love yeah. the church. Yeah. And you love people and you want people to let God love through them the way he loves. So what are you giving us? Yeah, I, I want for Christ followers uh, in America today to, to go forward into our post-Christendom America um, in terms of the changes, the cultural changes about um, our faith and our values as Christians. It has changed in this country. We're not in Kansas anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see that uh, the, the changes are, are trumpeted in the four major cultural definers of the government, the media, the entertainment industry, and the academy. If you want to know what our culture thinks about Christianity, just watch the Oscars, right? <laughs> or just look at the Supreme Court's decisions. Or just look at uh, the, the, the United States government in terms of uh, approving certain people for positions based on whether or not they're Christian. They don't want Christians. Now look what the schools are teaching. Uh, Everything's so, anti-God. And, and so, you know, we, 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 have, we have, I think, in our, in our country today, a, a new, we, it's a new land of giants. You know, it's kind of like when Caleb went in the Old Testament to, to spy out the, the promised land. He, he found the Nephilim, you know, and, 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 and they came back and, and, and the other spies reported, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And, and then the next sentence is, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like we are, we are in the land of giants. And um, so the question that I'm asking in this sea change in our culture and being a Christian and a Christ follower in post-Christendom America, what do we need more than anything else? We need bravery. Yeah. We need courage which is the hallmark of our elder brothers and sisters in the faith through 2,100 years of church history as they also have walked into oppositional cultures to their faith. And so uh, how do we get it? You know, how do we get this bravery? How do we get this courage? Uh, I, I really want people to understand that this book is not a reaction in fear to the sea change in our country. It's actually a challenge of love because courage uh, is defined by many as standing firm and fighting bravely in a battle to the death. And that may be courage in some instances, but that's not what the courage I'm talking about in this book is all about. Uh, the word courage actually comes from an old Anglo-Franco word, uh, cour, which means heart, heart. And where there is, uh, where there is uh, heart, there is love. And where there is love, there is courage. I think if you go to Psalm 18, you will find the source of David's courage, which was love. Mm. It was love. He says in Psalm 18, he says, Oh Lord, I love you, my strength. You are my fortress, my rock, my refuge. His love created the way of courage. 
So whenever David came to fight Goliath, he stood against Goliath, not because God took away his fear, but because love informed his faith. So what this book is about is how do we get on this way of brave uh, by developing our love for God. So the book is really not you about... You took David as an example. I took it. David as an example because he shows how his love propelled him into preparation and discipleship to make him courageous, uh, to make him brave. It was not a momentary act of bravado. It wasn't a, you know, some sort of a psychological ginning up of courage to meet a certain crisis. God had built in him a steady, intrepid faith. Uh, not for the moment, but for a lifetime. And that's what we're after here. And I think that what that means for the New Testament church, keying on David's example, is that the way to brave is Christian discipleship in the context of community. I think as Christians in America, in a post-Christendom America, we're going to be brave as we learn how to love God together by letting him prepare us in five specific ways that he prepared David. And by the, the way, if we're really loving him, we will love each other. Yeah. And we won't really love each other correctly if we don't really love him. It all it starts there. It has to start there. there. Absolutely. Give me those five points. Yeah. Break, break them out for me. I, I just went back. I, I, I thought, okay, what's a great example of courage in the Old Testament? So obviously, I mean, David. my hero, everybody's hero is sure. David. Um, I went back to 1 Samuel 16 and 17, David's preparation and the battle with Goliath, 16 and 17 of 1 Samuel. And I found five things that just jumped off the page, that God prepared David to be courageous so that he would step up and fight the giant. I'm very interested in, you know, the, the dramatic story of David defeating Goliath. But sure. that's not what I'm most curious about. I'm most curious about... What was it that God had done in David's life to make him willing to even go fight the giant? <laughs> and I find five things, and they're very simple, and they, and they spring out of David's example, but I think they transfer to the New Testament church. These are the ways that God prepared David. It's the way he wants to prepare us as Christians and Christ followers in the New Testament church. God called David. David was sure of his, he knew what God wanted him to do. And he derived courage from knowing his calling. He was anointed. Samuel anointed him with oil. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, only prophets, priests, and kings were anointed with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for certain specific tasks in their life. Thankfully, in the New Testament, after Pentecost, all of us as Christians, we, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. But God anointed him. He called him. He anointed him. He broke him of his pride. Uh, so that his confidence would not be in his own abilities, but in the power of God. He broke him of his pride by, I think, um, his upbringing in a, in a home in which uh, he was somewhat cast out by his father and his brothers. Some Jewish has, historians think that David was an illegitimate child. And that perhaps explains why in Psalm 51, David says, In sin did my mother conceive me. But David is the Old Testament Cinderella story. I mean, his, you know, his father, Jesse, takes the favored older brothers. They go off to the ball and then meet Saul in the battle and all the drama there. And they leave David over here with the stinky sheep. And, you know, he's, <laughs> I think it broke David of his pride. 
and he was susceptible to pride He's because overlooked. we know from scripture that he was handsome and he was athletic and he was a natural leader. He had everything that Saul had before him that caused Saul to disobey God. And God spared David by that, by breaking his pride. The New Testament said, says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God wanted to give grace to David, so he broke him. And I think we need to be broken, too, of our pride. The fourth, and I'm running through these things, but no, God right. tested David. you wrote a book, so you didn't I did, I did, I did. I was trying to speak to him. So, you know, so David goes up to, to Saul and says, I'll fight him. And Saul says, no, I, not on my watch. He'll take you apart, <laughs> essentially. Uh, David says, I beg to differ. When I was caring for my father's sheep, there was a lion, there was a bear. And the lion and the bear, they didn't just come to eat David's sheep. They came to eat David, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and David said to Saul, I killed them. I killed them. That's big stuff. It's big stuff. I, as I write in the book, no self-respecting shepherd would ever fight a giant who had not already killed a bear and a lion, right? <laughs> and this goes to the issue of testing. In the New Testament, in the church today, I think that many people have lost the idea that, that trials and temptations and testings are blessings to be embraced. Wow. You know, James, James 1, I love the Phillips translation, my brothers, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, do not resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. It's well, hard to do, Andy. Realize it's, 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 it's hard to do, but it's, it's essential that we do it because as God tests us, he puts us in the crucible, which strengthens our faith and enables us to face the Goliaths of our day. Without the lion and the bear, David never would have defeated Goliath. What Goliath for us will we never defeat unless we endure the testing that strengthens our faith? The last point, I want to get them all in, <laughs> is training. David was trained in the weapon of his warfare, which was a stone and a sling. <laughs> and, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's book talks about the slingers of Israel, and David was one of them. These guys could knock a pigeon out of flight at 30 yards with a stone the size of a, a man's fist. A moving pigeon. A moving pigeon with, and going 100 miles an hour. They were the ancient artillery. David was skilled with a stone and a sling. I've been over there to Bethlehem on those hills, and you have too. And, you know, picture a teenage boy on those hills. There's nothing but rocks. And boys with a sling and nothing but rocks, they're <laughs> going to get really good. He got really good. He was trained. So what's the, what's the only offensive weapon in the Christian's tool bag in the New Testament? Paul says it in Ephesians. The Word. The sword of the Spirit, of which the is the Word, the word of yeah. God. The word, yeah. We have to be people of the book. We have to be trained in the scriptures. And Jesus we've got to, overcame we've got, the enemy was the word. Was the word. We've got to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. We've got to be trained as, as and people. And the word of our testimony is yeah. not just us giving the devil our yeah. testimony. No. It's the word of his testimony. Exactly. It's the word of everything he says. That, that's the power, isn't it? It's the power. I contend that if we will take these five preparatory principles from David's life and institute them in our churches in the New Testament, that communally together, as we, as we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ, which is the church, as we help each other to walk through breaking experience and testing experiences, just like we walked through with our families back years ago, as we are 
certified in our calling as, as God's people in this world, which I'm convinced is, is the Old Testament Abrahamic covenant where God said, Abraham, I'm, I'm going to bless you that you may be a blessing. It's the same thing in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2. We as Christians are to, as to go as foreigners and strangers into this oppositional culture and live such good lives in the midst of the people that they will turn to our God, 1 Peter 2.11. Uh, we're to create pockets of peace and shalom in our world where uh, God blesses us and is blessed so that his ways may be known to the world, mm -hmm. Psalm 67, and salvation come to the nations. We do this, uh, sure of our calling, in the power of the Holy Spirit, together, broken of our pride, our confidence and trust in God, tested so that our faith is strong and people of the book so that we know where we stand. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we will be on the way to brave. And filled with the spirit that he said he sent to be with us Amen. all the time. So we need to realize that uh, there's no substitute for living like David. And David missed the mark. He, he failed miserably. Yeah. But his God did not fail him. And his God did heal his broken heart. And his God did use in restoration a fallen man who came back to that walk with that same shepherd heart you're talking yeah. about. This, this has got to be a phenomenal book because I know what's going on in your heart. We become close enough together to share the Father's heart mm -hmm. and to pray for people all over this nation and all over the world. So I know what you're doing is going to be a blessing and I hope thank everybody you. gets it. Would you thank Andy McQuitty for coming over here and sharing with all of us in the church <laughs> what I know he's been sharing at the Irving Bible Church. And here it is, it's in the bookstores. Andy, we are in our last uh, week of this emphasis on drilling water wells. And we've been drilling them, 6,000 of them now. Wow. Saved millions of lives, led yeah. millions of people to Christ, and it's our viewers that make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so I know you'll be praying for us that everybody watching who can help give a cup of water, drill a well yeah. of water, will do it. And uh, I'm going to uh, give everybody this book. We're giving away a book that I wrote, along with some of our guests contributing. The Miracles of Christ. It's a it's a gift book. It's something you can read in short order and be inspired. This will take a little while, but it'll be like sitting in the presence of the Lord with the Word open. And uh, I tell you what, in this last week now, let's everybody that can give, make a gift. Whatever you give, we're going to send those two books to you. You just give a couple more. Listen, $48 will give 10 people water the rest of their life. 144 will give 30. The wells are 4,800. You may be able to drill a well or give 1,200 or 2,400 toward it. I don't know what you can do, but you ask God, and I want you to listen right now. I want you to listen to the heart cry of a mother, and you are the answer to the heart cry of many mothers, many children, and I think you'll want to be. In Cambodia, finding water often isn't the problem. It can be seen in abundance, nourishing rice fields and livestock. But for its people, it presents a devastating choice. Share this same water with your children or go without. Mothers like Kun Mao know this burden all too well. <laughs> Pong, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
จะขึ้นตะแปนก็เกมเอาพี่เลย Tragically, Kun Mao lost her son to waterborne diseases, and yet she must again return to the same source which robbed her of so much. In the midst of unimaginable grief, her only water source constantly reminds her of the decision she must make. You can change that. With your help, we can tell mothers like Kun Mao that her children no longer need to drink from sources like this. That fresh, clean water is on its way. You know, Betty and I have been blessed with uh, three children, 11 grandchildren, now four great-grandchildren. We have three little girls. Yeah, they're pretty little girls. One of them could stand there like that one now. She's old enough to, to stand. I watched that mother going down there to get that precious little girl and thinking about, you know, how much we love our children and want the best for them, and that mother wants it too, but... She has no choice, but we can give her a choice if we just will. We can, and as I listen to that young mother's broken heart, the sorrow she has already experienced from the loss of her little boy, and now she has the other children that she's concerned about, she's worried about because she has to force them, as she said, to drink the water just to be able to live at all. But knowing that she could face that same sorrow any time, any day, any moment that they drink that, continue to drink that water. I hope your heart's been touched. I hope you will reach out and let's drill the wells for these precious families that are in such dire need and they have nowhere to turn but to someone to say, please help me. You know, I'm really glad that the missionaries and relief workers can call me and Betty and call us here at Life or send us an email or a note and say, James, we've got a real serious problem here. And we felt like the viewers of life today would want to help. You know, it's, it's not a compliment simply to me and Betty at all. I'm glad they can call us, but it's really a compliment to you because you are sensitive, I believe, to the heart of God. Not only the concern of that mother or the concern of those mission workers, but you're, you're concerned about what God's concerned about. And if Jesus talks about giving a cup of water as being significant, how significant would it be to give a well of water? Well, some of you can actually give a well. The average cost is $4,800. If you can do that, and you know some people tell me that's probably as great a joy as I've ever had. You know, we've had a lot of children do that, as you know. They'd go raise the money for a well, just kids. Well. Could you give a well? Could you give part of a well and pray others join you? 1,200 or 2,400? I need another or three more join. Most of the money, Betty, that comes for the wells comes from $48 gifts. That's the majority. And from $144. $48 gives 10 people water the rest of their life. 144 gives 30. Now that's how it breaks down. That's not an exaggeration. So would you be a part of that miracle this last week? Would you go online Take your bank card or dial that number and take that card. If you want to write a check, make it to life. But call us, tell us you're sending it in, please. We really need a tremendous surge. 
this last week. Father, I pray every person watching will hear not only the heart cry and the desire of that woman, that mother, but they'll hear your heart, your love, and they'll reach out in love right now. In Jesus' name. Would you please go online? Would you dial the number? Would you make the gift God put on your heart? Thank you for doing it. We have some gifts to say thank you, but you're actually giving the greatest gift. You're giving the gift of life. Thank you for doing it. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a new beginning for thousands of children and their families, a bright future with better health. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the miracles of Christ, what living beyond impossible looks like. Filled with scriptures, prayers, and stories of Jesus' miraculous power, James Robison adds insight about how to walk in faith and live beyond the impossible. With your gift of $100 or more, request the morning and evening coffee mug set. Each mug features beautiful artwork and scripture from Psalm 92.2, a wonderful reminder of God's faithfulness each day. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the beautiful Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, I'm telling you what, I just, uh, I just thank God for you. I wish I could look at you. They said, no, you don't want to see me now. Okay, I understand. I, understand. <laughs> I don't know what time it is and where you are. But uh, I want to thank you for your love. Sending Miracles of Christ. If you'd like to have Andy McQuitty's book, boy, what a great teacher, preacher. Inspiration he is, a great friend to me and to Betty. The way to brave. God knows we need it right now. You want it? You help give water? Ask for it. We'll send it to you. It's in the bookstores. Tell your friends about it. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Andy McQuitty? Thank you. Thank all of you so much for watching. Thank you very much. Remember, last week now, we need your help. Thank you, Paul.
If you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come be a part of the Life Today studio audience. Go to lifetoday.org forward slash tickets, lifetoday.org forward slash tickets. I know this, that weakness in God's hands becomes strength. Best-selling author Sheila Walsh, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.